about this? These two, these two people, oh, I am geeking out to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Mark, Jasmine, what a nerd! Nerd alert! <laughs> Unleashed television. What are you talking about? Anything can be a podcast. Video game. <laughs> what is a geek? Oh, hi, Mark. The whole point is, of course, the plot is. You guys have great conversations. Oh, I am geeking out. Unleashed movies. People love movies. All right, you guys, podcast time. You're listening to the Geeks Unleashed podcast. Part of the Security Badmatch, we take our passions and our fandoms and we turn them into conversations with you. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 144. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Devon. Hey, um, all right. What's Devon is back again. Yeah. <laughs> um, each week on the Geeks Unleashed podcast, we bring you something from our pop culture lives as well as review something adapted from a comic book or gaming world yes and before we get started if you're watching on youtube thank you so much we appreciate that we would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel and if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform we appreciate that as well we would also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on apple Podcasts or podchaser uh you can also donate to our ko-fi mm-hmm. all funds mm-hmm. are appreciated and mm-hmm. keep the lights on yes because um, until marvel and dc start lowering their comic book prices these all these special books that now cost $8.99 I'm not a fan of that. that. (laughs) I'm not doing that. I bought the first issue of Gods the other day and it was like almost £10 or something. I was like, no, no, I'm not doing that. And it's supposed to come out like once a month and it's going to be that price? Um, No, I think think the second issue was lowered slightly, but anyway. Uh, Okay, no. um, Everything is expensive. Tom, do you read comics or or not? I don't read comics that often, but I want to. The last thing that I read comic book-wise was uh, I read the graphic novel for Watchmen. Oh, wow. Ah. I've read it like three or four times. I love that graphic novel. It's one of my favorites. Um, oh, we, we it's on our deli- list. We have deliberately held held it back because we um, want to do. It we we have club. a whole separate book club series where we call ourselves late to the party about Ooh, <laughs> clearly yeah. about books that we should have read a long time ago, yeah. but we haven't read uh, them yet. And actually, uh, we we don't do as many as we did when we first started doing it, but mm. we do a handful of a year. Um, but in December, we will be doing. It's crazy to think it that we'll be doing Scott Pilgrim, uh, the fourth volume of Scott Pilgrim. So just started the show uh, too. Like, <laughs> like, oh, uh, so like every December we've done Scott Pilgrim, and it's, we have we've... declared that Scott Pilgrim is now a Christmas book. <laughs> so, and um, and it, we were just like, it's crazy that four year now this will be the fourth year running that we've yeah. done Scott Pilgrim. That's just nuts. So. That's cool. um, but anyway, so we're going to jump into our Geek of the Week. And I did debate whether to shout out Comic I Read. But however, I want to shout out The Lazarus Project, which is a British-made television show. Second season came out a week ago. And I'm not joking, within 24 hours, I'd watched all eight episodes. And the only thing that got in the way of me watching it was sleep. So That uh, pesky sleep! <laughs> so well, to be honest with you, I like our last week's episode I recorded, I'd watched... I think one and a half hours before uh, the episode. And then I stayed up. I, I I went in to finish that other half an hour after after our last episode. I went into the front room to watch the, the second half an hour of the second episode. I was like, two more episodes gone. I was like, man, I've got to go to bed. Like, <laughs> um, you were up so, until sunrise at that point then. Well, yeah, it was getting that way. And I was like, I've really got to go to <laughs> sleep. And, uh, and then obviously... When I woke up Saturday morning, I had other stuff to do, so I couldn't carry on with it until the evening. But I was, it was phenomenal. I haven't even actually talked to you about what it's about. So the Lazarus Project is sci-fi, time travel, espionage, action, um, can't trust anyone, all that kind of stuff, um, mystery. So much goes on. Uh, and your lead man isn't particularly the most honourable of people as well, which probably makes him more realistic if anything he, you know he's not he's not jack bauer whilst he does kick ass and shoot people and all the rest of it he uh displays occasionally selfish traits so um but no it's um an amazing show i, I was i just i loved it and i like in season one they kind of have a set formula to the time travel and then the final episode of season one they broke that slightly and the first three episodes carry on of, of season two carry on playing with that, mm-hmm. which made and I actually really love those first three episodes. They, 
I don't want to say too much in case anyone's interested, but should I just say the Groundhog Day effect is used really, really well. And nice. but then beyond that, sort of episodes four to eight um, are just just yeah, complete. They sort of really play things up, and yeah, so it's it's cool. I love it. Um, and it does end with a teaser for more. So dun, right. dun, dun. that's cool. Yeah. Let's check it out. So is it on streaming or is it on like Sky or something? It's Sky over here. I don't know okay. where it is. Um, oh, hold on. I think season one, I when I Googled it, I saw season one in America was on TNT. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know about season two. I didn't see that, but cool. I'm sure almost like most answers, the, the answer's probably on Google somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Before, before we go any Googled. further, don't, don't you love it though when people like I don't really use Facebook that much, but like when people put a status, how do you do X, Y, and Z, or where's this, or where's that, and like the amount of comments, like when you just Google it, when you Google, Google it, Google, Google it, it. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I do that with everything. Yeah, I Google everything. I go to Google before I go to anywhere else, and if I can't find what I'm looking for on Google, then I feel like I must not be describing it properly. Like, <laughs> well, I, I use Google or or its sister product, YouTube. So. And now I have started to use YouTube a lot for like finding pronunciations for people's names. Yes. That's what I use YouTube search for the most. How do you say Mark? Mark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go on, Jasmine, what's yours? Ah, my geek of the week this week is so i moved the end of august and i'm like slowly decorating my new place and i just got this gorgeous piece of artwork from uh mass effect it's a it's a concept art of the original citadel so sweet sweet. it's got like a cityscape you can see the wards you can see the arms um i can uh, i'll get mark to post a picture on our socials but uh I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to actually hang it on my wall. Um, because I was nervous, like buying it online. I was like, oh, I don't know how good this is going to look. And, but it actually like, it, it's a little dark. So some of the light doesn't quite come through in some of the buildings, but it has this like really cool effect. Cause I, I got it printed on a canvas. Um, so it kind of looks, the edges are not perfect. And so it kind of actually looks like a painting of the citadel versus like an image of the citadel and i just love it so much it is so cool it's a it's an 18 by 40 so it's it's pretty sizable um but i'm so excited you should do a like a real thing instead then to show the whole thing oh i should i should i have i have um because i ordered some other stuff i got like a new a new rug that i got to put down so i got people coming over to help me like (laughs) move my couch this weekend so I'll get somebody to help me hang it so that I can actually take a good picture of where I want it to be. But I'm Throw super stoked about it. Throw it up with like a reel with like Mass Effect music as you do it or something. I totally should. Yeah, yeah. and you can see like my Mass Effect comics sitting under it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it'd be, cool, it'd be a cool reel then, the whole Mass Effect reel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Devon, what's yours? Well, speaking of video games, mine is a video game. Um, I picked up a game called Evil West on uh, the PlayStation sale um, for Black Friday. Um, it's a third-person like action shoot 'em game with like some RPG elements, but essentially you're a kind of like a Van Helsing, but oh, okay. his name's Jesse Rentier, and uh, he works for the Rentier Institute, and they fight vampires, werewolves, all this type of stuff. So it's like a, it's like a trying to save the world against vampires that are trying to take over the world it's so sweet um that's cool i think it's like a i don't know if they're like an indie studio i think they're called uh flying hog is the developer but they made a uh, shadow warrior um what else did they make they made this game called trek to yomi which is like a 2d uh samurai kind mm-hmm. of one that's gonna be the one i play next because i'm like their art style is so sick so i'm 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 enjoying that right now. I'm very close to beating it, and I think I want to get the platinum trophy for it. So I got to nice. twice. <laughs> but it's okay. But yeah, at least only twice, though. Like I hate it when you finish a game and like you spent 
28 hours playing a game and it's like 13% completion. Like oh, yeah. you gotta be, I, what? Oh yeah. And this one is like one of the trophies you have to beat the game on uh, evil difficulty, which is the hardest difficulty. So yeah. Like, yeah. Great. Cool. I've only gotten every single trophy for one game. And that one game is the first mass effect. Oh, okay. I got That's one. The only one. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man 2. So I have three of them. Oh, and The Walking Dead, I think. Oh, I don't think I could play that. The zombies, man, I can't. The sound that they make, like if you're playing with your headphones on, I can't. I can't. So <laughs> I so cannot good. do it. I can't do that. And I tried to play Resident Evil. Oh, and no, I like I got 15 it. minutes into Resident Evil. And I was like, nope, not doing no. this one. <laughs> Can't do can't do scary jump scare games. No, like no, 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 no. Can't do oh, it. Yeah. Oh. Have you have you not played The Last of Us? Uh, I have... started it. I haven't finished it. I, so I, I mean, I know it's really good. I know it's really good, but like, uh, I never get that far in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played the I played The Last of Us, the first one, I think two or three times all the way through, but I have only started the second one. It's I, I've got quite far into the second one, but it's just, so um, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just and annoying. Then, getting, it's again, it's that time thing. Like, because yeah. I know the other thing is when you pick up a con- uh, a controller, it's not, you know, once you start getting into it, it yeah, three hours can go by. So, yeah, for sure. And I can't always afford to stay up until the sun comes up. You know? <laughs> They're coming out with the uh, the remastered version for part two as well. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Um, yeah, can't wait. Uh, do you think there'll be a third game tomorrow? Man, I don't know. I'm like torn. Like, I want there to be a third game, but at the same time, I don't. I think the way that they, to be honest, the way they ended the first one, I think it should have just been done right there. Yeah. Um, I get why they made a second one. Completely understand. And it was a masterpiece. I mean, it won game of the year. Um, the year it came, 2019 or 2020. The first one came out ages ago. Like the first one yeah. came out. The first one came like out around PS3. 2013 or yeah. something. Yeah. They launched on that, and then they remastered it for PlayStation Four, and then they remastered it for PlayStation Five. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, you know what? I hope they do make a third one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I agree, Jasmine. Before we go on, I agree with you. I do hate that when you complete a game and you're like, "What? Twenty yeah. percent in or whatever?" It's like... so annoying. It's and the Uncharted games are the worst because oh. it's like, oh, yeah. "Oh, did you collect that one like piece of thing that was in the temple that was under the rubble?" Like, no, the fuck, I did not. Of course, right. I did not see it. Like, how would I? Oh, right. uh, that one in Tomb Raider. Like, it's. Oh, I feel yeah, like it's yeah. just impossible to find all of those things unless you like are watching someone else do a run on YouTube or something, right. but like, exactly. I cannot like, and I've played, I've played through the uncharted series twice. And it's just like, I'm done chasing the trophies at this point. Like I'm, I'm not going to mm. sit here and replay this whole series a third time just to, just to clear all these trophies. I'm not going to, I think that for, I think the first Tomb Raider of the rebooted trilogy, I've done most of it, Like, but there were several things where I'm like, I just can't find it. I just, yeah. I think I was pretty close to around 90 something percent in the end. And I just, I just can't, I can't spend any more time <laughs> running through tunnels or whatever, whatever yeah. like underground things to try and find this secret thing. Oh my God. And that but, second Tomb Raider, it was the, the, was the Jaguars. Oh my God. Oh yeah. I was just like, if I have to go back and fight another freaking Jaguar, like I'm going to toss this game out the window. Like I'm done. I'm over it. I'm so over it. Oh. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, no, anyway, um, let's move on to our main main event, which is uh, as we're working through the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise, we're obviously on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which was from 2017, directed by James Gunn. Screenplay and story is by James Gunn, based on characters from Marvel Comics. And it stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, David Batista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, oops, not that guy. Uh, Michael Rooker, Karen Gillian, Palm Clementia, Sylvester Stallone, and Kurt Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell, baby. Uh, this is for the first appearance of Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics was Marvel Superheroes issue 18 in January 1969. Um, created by Arnold Drake, Bill Mantelow, and artist Gene Colan. 
uh, I thought it was interesting that actually Ego, the Living Planet, his first appearance was in the Mighty Four issue 133, which came out before in October 1966. Mm. Mm. And uh, the team in the film is based on the 2008 comic team up, which was created by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Their first appearance was in 2008 Conquest number six. Annihilation Conquest number six. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, so the release date of this movie actually was the 5th of May 2017 had a running time of 136 minutes <clears throat> a budget of 200 million US dollars and made a lot of money it sure uh, did <laughs> uh, box office it made 169.8 million 800 US dollars. And 800, yeah sorry 869.8 million yeah, it made yeah. more than the first one on yeah. less budget which has to be every producer's dream. Right. <laughs> All right. Fun facts. So I didn't know this, but in the comics, Ego is not Star-Lord's father. Oh. Star-Lord's father in the comics is a Spartax warrior. His name is Jason. Uh, he crashes on Earth and gets Meredith pregnant. And then by the time he fixes up his ship, he doesn't realize that she's pregnant. And then he's off to the stars again. Um, so, you know, he still did have a cosmic father, so to speak, but it was not ego. However, when James Gunn was writing the sequel, he never considered anything other than ego to be Star-Lord's father, but Marvel did not own the rights to ego. Fox did. And Marvel was like, look, we ain't got a problem with it, but like, if you want it, you got to go talk to Fox yourself. And so James Gunn's like, no problem. I got this. So he calls up Fox. They make a deal. They give him ego. And then Fox got full creative license for <laughs> Negasonic Teenage Warhead and how that character appeared in Deadpool. That's awesome. So that was the trade-off that they made so that this film could have ego and then so that Deadpool could have Negasonic Teenage Warhead. That's sick <laughs> like, that's so cool i mean can you imagine like james gunn to me just has the per type of personality he like calls somebody up he's like yo yo man listen look I, I look me <laughs> do up. me a solid you <laughs> tell me what you want and then i'm gonna make it happen but you got to give me what i'm asking for like it's he so just seems like that, that kind of guy yeah it's so like, random that they were like well negasonic teenage warhead right i'm yeah. just like of all the characters you just so they exactly. were like, yeah, we just want to be able to do whatever we want to do with this character. Like if, if Marvel is cool with that, we'll trade, we'll give you Ego. And the reason that Fox had Ego is because Ego has a really big tie to the Fantastic Four and mm -hmm. the Silver Surfer. So Ego was lumped together with the Fantastic Four properties, um, which is why Fox had it. So I thought that was pretty interesting. <clears throat> okay. This to me was just such a random fact, but... Hazerface, Rocket's favorite character in the film, uh, is from a race of like these cybernetically enhanced people. The people, the alien race is called the Stark. And the reason that they are called the Stark is because some uh, Stark Enterprises tech had crash landed onto their planet. And somehow they took that tech and made it their own and they worship Tony Stark. And so they changed the name of their own race to the Stark as an homage to their hero, Tony Stark. I was like, who, like I, I get world building and all of these things, but like who sits there and really comes up with this stuff? Like who's, who is the guy that's sitting around? Like, you know, what would be really dope? Like if some Stark enterprises stuff just crash landed onto this planet. And then these people just became so obsessed with it that they built it into themselves and then called themselves the Stark. You're saying there's a yes. chance that they could bring him back. <laughs> they could bring him back. I mean, way. we well, I mean, Taserface didn't make it, but hopefully he's got some other people out there that that might be able to make that happen. You never know. You never say never, right? <laughs> okay. This blew my mind because I had no idea. According to James Gunn himself, Baby Groot is not original Groot. Baby Groot is original Groot's son. Gunn said that the offshoot that Rocket saves in the first film that eventually grows and becomes Baby Groot is an offspring 
And he flat out said, Groot is dead. Baby Groot is Groot's son. And I was just like, what? What do you mean? Wow. Yes. So Baby Groot is not original Groot. Like this is a whole new It kind of makes sense in a way because... Because he has a totally different personality in this one. Yeah, and because, do you know, when I was watching, I didn't know this until you just said, when I was watching this, I was thinking, I get that he's a little baby Groot, so obviously he got destroyed and he's regrowing. But I did think it's weird that his personality is so childlike, considering why is it just not an adult personality in a little baby's body? (laughs) So even things like... (laughs) in the prison thing when they send him off to get the bits and pieces, <laughs> like how he just messes that up so badly. Yes. <laughs> I get Groot wasn't the most intelligent of creatures previously, but but <laughs> he he definitely wouldn't have made up made such huge errors. But yeah, right. no, it makes a lot of sense now because really this was a baby they were dealing with then. Yeah. So that is essentially Groot's son. So oh not the same character also they changed the race of mantis mantis in the comics is human um but she grew up with the kree and that's how she learned her ability uh in the comics but for the film gunn said that he wanted peter quill to be the only earthling so he changed mantis's race to some unknown alien species versus her being from earth okay my favorite part of fun facts casting so Peter Quill is like obsessed with everything 80s and he tells this story which apparently Gamora loves the story but he tells the story about how his dad was working for the government driving a car doing all this stuff essentially he lies to all of his friends and tells them that his dad is David Hasselhoff and like as David Hasselhoff though as Knight Rider like and he's all gallivanting and doing all of these things Hasselhoff makes an appearance in this film when Ego is kind of going through all of the personalities that he has taken over over the millennia that he has been around but did you know that this was not david hasselhoff's first marvel thing apparently in 1998 there is a tv series called nick fury agent of shield and hasselhoff played nick fury there's a tv movie yeah in 98 so i thought that was hilarious i was like why i don't remember that at all and that was right around the time when blade came out oh i knew i knew about it i've never still never seen it we should watch it we're gonna have to find it now (laughs) we're gonna have to find it now i bet it's gonna be awful (laughs) probably gonna be terrible (laughs) yeah i'm sure it's gonna be really terrible okay so then the what if casting all right so we got kurt russell as ego and honestly like i just don't even want to think about anybody else in the role but like there was a laundry list of people that they considered for the role of ego. We had Gary Oldman, oh. Vigo Mortensen, Christoph Waltz, Christopher Plummer, Max Van Sydow, Alec Baldwin, Ron Perlman, Stephen Lang, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Robert De Niro, Michael Bime, Mel Gibson, Liam Neeson, and Matthew McConaughey were wow. all, all considered for ego i would have been cool with gary oldman gary oldman can do no wrong like i would i would have liked do you know what mel gibson or, i think would have been good he would have been good too or vigo yeah uh i think oh, i think christoph waltz yeah. i just love christoph waltz he's born to be a villain man I'm yeah he's yeah he's so such good. a good villain he's so oh. good at it I think and, and he Lang- does everything with the smile that's what makes him <sighs> such a good villain I think Stephen Lang would have been obvious a villain from the moment you saw him. Well, yes. I always think of him as the villain. Like, I don't think I've ever seen him not play a villain. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think Mel Gibson would have really hammed it up, I think. But it would have been good, like good hammed up. Yeah. I think if if you had gone really old, like, I I don't know. Like, I actually thought... Max Bensadawa died a lot earlier, but uh, I love him. Like, I, I loved him in Judge Dredd. I think he could have been a really good ego if you wanted, like, old man ego. Um, that's all I got for fun facts, though. There's some good ones, though. Yeah. I did not honestly know about the baby Groot thing. Like Me that, neither. That, Me that neither. Was weird, it was a weird fact, but a cool as one. As soon as I saw that, I was like, 
No way. Like it, that never even just, it never crossed my mind. Right. Like, it's like, oh, it's Groot. He's growing yeah, again. Right. But yeah, Do you know what? I, the, the trade for Ego for ne Negatonic Teenage Warhead, I had, do you know what? I had heard that Fox asked Negatonic Teenage Warhead, but I couldn't remember what the circumstances were. Mm -hmm. So um, I think from memory, and I, obviously I could be wrong, I think they just thought it would be funny to have that character because of the long name in Deadpool, because obviously Deadpool's <laughs> humorous. Yeah. So, um, but I might I might be wrong on that. So, um, anyway, those are cool facts. I like them. Well done. Thanks. Uh, right. Okay. So the IMDb summary of this movie: the Guardians struggle to keep together as a team while dealing with their personal family issues. Notably, Star Lord's encounter with his father and the ambitious Cecil. Uh, being ego so sorry I think I struggled to say that one um, anyway this is the 15th released film in the official MCU right in the middle of phase 2 um, hold on a second I actually highlighted it sorry it was in the middle of phase 3 um, so Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was sandwiched between the first Doctor Strange which came out in November Oh, on the 4th of November 2016, Guardians of the Galaxy kicked off the first MCU movie of 2017. And then there were two more movies that came out in 17, which was Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok. So, and that came out. So Spider-Man Homecoming came out in July and Thor Ragnarok came out in November. So it's quite a, an action-packed year, way before streaming. So everybody was like chomping at the bit to go and see these films. Mm. So... Uh, I Plus, everybody saw... was so excited to have Spider Man in the MCU, like right, yeah. a real like Spider Man Stuff. film. I went and saw. Do you know what? I don't know if I saw Doctor Strange at the cinema, but I saw the other three. Mm -hmm. so, um, <clears throat> before you jump into this movie, Devon, how much knowledge do you think you would have needed for the whole of the MCU, like everything else that was going on? Um, considering before this, we had Doctor Strange, Captain America, Civil War. Ant-Man, etc. I think um, I don't really think that you needed too much information, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Besides, like, I mean, maybe the first Guardians, really. That's yeah. It. But other than that, no. Like, that's what I like. That's what I kind of like about the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're kind of in their own little world. Um, yeah. Right up until they, you know, up until they meet, you know, Thor, like, and then it kind of their world kind of opens up a little bit more but really yeah, yeah really until this film ends i think right. one and two are very standalone yeah mm -hmm. yeah you don't really need much for either of these films it's just good wholesome fun yeah i think this one's definitely a lot more independent than the first one the first one you had the connection with the infinity stones but with this one it literally with this one you just needed to have seen the first one that's it otherwise mm. you don't i mean you don't understand the connection that the characters have but as long as you've seen the first Guardians, you can watch the second one. You don't need the rest of the MCU to understand this film. Now, I mean, they drop a lot of nuggets and stuff, which we'll get to later, like with the end credit scenes. Um, but I I think this one is probably one of the much easier, easier ones to just jump in. Uh, you don't mm -hmm. have to, you don't, there's definitely no need to go in chronological order here. I agree, yeah. I don't think really you need to have watched any of the Marvel movies up until this point. Like you could, to be honest, because we've watched it weekly, one and then two, I don't feel I needed to have watched any of those other films. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because all of the story carries on from the first film. So right. there's, they don't introduce, other than Ego, they don't introduce anyone new, but like they introduce Ego and then they fix that Ego storyline in this film. So that's mm -hmm. not even a thread that's going to carry forward. Mm -hmm. I, I, You always see those memes about, a Marvel fan in 2052 sits down right. to, watch, to watch all 7,000 Marvel movies <laughs> and, 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 you know, well, not 7,000, but like an and X amount of TV shows. Mm -hmm. These two films are good that they're fairly standalone. So, yeah. And, but that's all, where it stops for this franchise, yeah. unfortunately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But yeah, so phase three was long. It went on. Yeah, it was really long. I mean, I mean, look, I'll quickly shout them out before we move on, but Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and then Far From Home. So it was long. 
yeah so phase uh phase three started in 2016 and ended in 2019 so it was um there was a lot they packed in there so. yeah and then you know covid kind of messed up phase four so <laughs> i think i think i don't think covid's purely to brain blame for, no it's for, not for it's terrible not. writing and terrible special yeah. effects and, it's not, uh, i feel like they they had everything solid up until in game and then uh, after in game they were just kind of like okay well now what my biggest thing is i think a lot of this hinged on i can't remember if we talked about uh, a lot of it hinged on chadwick i think i think they were kind of building around him and tom holland to be you know to be the new phase faces of the phase yeah right and i mean obviously chadwick not sharing that information until after he passed Mm -hmm. really put a dent in that and um kind of screwed it up even though have you guys seen has ever have you guys seen wakanda forever yes yeah 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 I would love, and this is just for me, casting for who could be, you know, I think, did we talk about this? I feel like I've talked about this with multiple people. I want John Boyega. To, do, to be who? Black Panther. Oh, the new Black Panther. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I, I love him. Boyega. I think I, I, I think he's great in so much stuff. Yeah, I would love, I would love that. But I, I think would, a lot of this hinged on Chadwick Boseman, and obviously we we did we did, reviewed Black Panther and Wakanda Forever. Um, wow, well, when was that? Like over a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. And we did say we loved how it ended, how they kind of T'Challa had a son that mm-hmm. they introduced, and I think was is a little boy. And me and Jasmine were saying, you know, with all the, I mean, you've got to think with the gaps in filming and sequels and stuff like that. If if there wasn't a third Black Panther for say ten years, they, they clearly would make that Black Panther guy maybe fifteen oh, yeah. or sixteen. Yeah. But then Jasmine had a good point with things like multiverse and mm-hmm. time travel. You could easily age him up somehow. Easy, and... easy. You could pull him in from any other Earth. It yeah. didn't have to be six one six. Like you yeah. can pull yeah. in a Black Panther from anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do think that Marvel knew we're getting rid of our big three. That was always their plan. Oh, yeah. Their their plan was going to be. We build this on them, but then we have to retire them and we got to bring in new people. And everyone fell in love with the casting of Tom Holland. Like that was, aside from Tony Stark, Tom Holland is the second most perfect casting that the MCU has done. And I would put that even above Chris Evans as Captain America. Like Tom Holland is a absolute perfect Peter Parker. And because he was so well-received, I think they were really banking on, okay, all of these new faces and all of these new people that people have started to like that we introduced in Civil War, we're going to use them as the hinge pins to build the back half of, you know, these next few phases. And then, of course, like, nobody knew, you know, it was it was very secret. Nobody knew. And then just for Chadwick to have died so suddenly and and now you've lost one of your big chess pieces. Like, I think. Mm I think it hit them hard, but I also think that they just kind of relied too heavily on the formula that worked the first time. Mm-hmm. But I think that people are over it, and I think they're going to have to find something new. And at this point, I think their only new path is Young Avengers. I, do you know, in all honesty, I think what they need to do, and I was thinking about this the other day, I actually think they should put a break on it all. Like, I think they should actually put a break on the MCU for two years, two, three years. No TV shows, no movies. Just give everyone a break because they've flooded with way too much content so uh, to the point to, to the point where the quality is dipped so badly mm-hmm. on so many of their properties, uh, and people are the, the buzz isn't there anymore. Like and and actually, if you just take a, they won't take a break, they won't. But I'm just thinking that's that's what they should do. They realised it was Star Wars, like they realised they messed up. Like when they when Solo came out and they were like, oh, we're going a little bit over the top, so they pulled back. That but, was also bad casting. Sorry, not sorry, but like they so really could have done uh, better. Yeah, with... And it so wasn't just the main guy; like everybody, they could have they could have done so much better with all of the casting. In Solo, in Solo. Solo really started to kick kick into gear in the last sort of ten minutes. I was like, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it was a long build up, but like when Darth Maul showed up. Anyway, oh, we're really going off. <laughs> we're really going. We're really going off topic oh, here, yeah. but yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah. let's. <laughs> Let's bring it back to Guardians Volume 2. Right, okay. So just overall thoughts on the movie, 
Did you enjoy it? Did you not? Actually, Devon, do you want to go first? What's your overall thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I mean, I love this movie just from the opening. I mean, it's a whole nother opening dancing scene, right? I mean, uh, it just, you're already getting that feel good and for it to be baby Groot, um, Groot's son. (laughs) It's his son. Groot Jr.? Yeah, Groot Jr. um, (laughs) Dancing around, having fun, having a ball throwing a tantrum, having an attitude, all this stuff. Everyone's trying to make sure he's safe, but it's still fun mm-hmm. and entertaining. Um, you know, and- James Gunn did all the mocap for that dancing. Yes, I did know that actually. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, a cute, it's a cute, fun, sad movie too. There's some sad parts in this movie, mm-hmm. most definitely. So they, they tug at the heartstrings. I think bringing in a few new characters, um, being Ego Mantis, really getting Kraglin in there, Sean Gunn in there a little bit more, uh, bring him in. I think they, I think they did a really, really good job. Even Nebula, I mean, her coming in too, really getting that. They, they're going for the big family essence, like that's the thing. And everyone here has such a broken story mm-hmm. that when they find each other, it's just they make just such a good team. It's, it's amazing. It, the movie's great. I love this movie. Love it more than the first one. So. Uh, what about you, Jasmine? I think I did like this one better than the first one. Um, I it it does have a bit more heart. They have more heart to heart conversations, and I think really what makes this movie shine is the relationship between Yondu and Rocket. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what I enjoyed the most about this film. Oh not necessarily all of the hijinks and all the other things that they got into, but like that this one actually had a heart to it. Whereas the first one to me, was just kind of like, Oh, it's the silly caper kind of thing. Um, but this one, like Devon said, it does tug at the heartstrings a bit more. So I think this one kind of pulls you into the universe a little bit more. Um, so I, I do, I did enjoy it. Yes. I, I agree. I do you know what? When I watched this film the first time, I didn't actually love it. I think I love it more watching it again. And I got to be honest, it's the second time I've seen it. Yeah. I didn't, the first time I watched it, it was just okay. However, watching it now, I, I definitely feel Ego is a much stronger villain than Ronan the Accuser. And <clears throat> I really love the dynamic that we saw throughout the movie. And there's actually some really cool moments where the team starts to come together and like Yondu and is actually really a much bigger part of this team. Mm -hmm. I was really gutted. I was, I know I knew already, I remember what happened obviously, (laughs) but like, I was just like, I don't want him to go. um, So, and Karen, Karen Gillian as well was really starting to bond with everybody. And you could see the, the villainous of her characters starting to, to slope off a little bit towards the end. So, um, but I love how the team come together and uh, the backstory that we got with Star-Lord, just how it all links together is done really well. And I think they, they do a really good job of balancing action and comedy. And like you say, the hijinks and stuff like that. Um, I felt whilst that music was a part of the movie, I don't think it was as big a part of the movie as the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I do love the little nods that we had and, like how in the first they kind of do some similar things so in the first one he gets you know volume two the tape and in this one how t- at the end he gets given a zoom player and i was and they're like oh this is really big thing on earth whatever <laughs> i was like yeah now okay. can you imagine <laughs> yondu taking the ravagers back to earth and they <laughs> like what in the hell are we picking up on earth or terra as they call it right. yeah um but no overall I, I really did enjoy this movie and i I'm shocked I enjoyed it more on a rewatch. So mm-hmm. um anyway, there's a huge cast in this movie. It's like grows every movie, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. and there's even what I find cool is like Michelle Yeoh and like I know, I forgot just, she was in here. I know I forgot as well. I just Cyrus. Yeah, Miley Cyrus is the head of the one of those things. The robot. Yeah. Yeah, the I'm robot Cyrus. ravager. It's crazy. <laughs> Just how many like famous people could you get in a movie, even mm-hmm. for like a one liner, like Sylvester Stallone? Uh, so Bing I just, Rimes. I lot, hey, oh, yeah, Bing Rhymes as well, yeah, yes. yeah, like huge, yeah. huge, <laughs> so good. so 
with all of these characters, somebody must have a favorite, right? Well, so... no, we have to do this two ways. So you have to pick oh. your favorite cameo character and oh, okay. your favorite like char- main character. Mm. Okay. Cameo. Okay, okay, go on then, Jasmine. What was your favorite cameo? Obviously, Michelle Yeoh. Like, <laughs> I just completely forgot she was in here. And then for her to turn around and wind up in Shang-Chi, which is one of my favorites, like, uh, like when she was on screen, I was like, of course she's like one of the Ravager leaders. Like, of course she is, because why wouldn't she be? <laughs> uh, so I love Michelle Yeoh being in here. Um, and then, like, my favorite main character, hands down, Yondu. Oh, I'm Mary so Poppins, y'all. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. I love. I, I love Mary, that when he's uh, just like, "You look like Mary Poppins." He's like, "Is he cool?" Is he cool? And he's like, "Yes, <laughs> he's cool. yes, I'm Mary yeah, Poppins, he's cool." Y'all. Mary so Poppins, good. y'all. That was so like that one brought it. It brought a tear to my eye the second time. The first time I watched it, I didn't realize that he was gonna die. But like this time around, when he said, "I'm Mary Poppins, y'all," I was like, "Yeah, you are. You sure are." <laughs> <So good. laughs> yeah, is he cool? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Cool. <laughs> Uh, I do know what that actually is something I do love throughout the movie is just all the references to like eighties yeah. pop culture, like you know David Hasselhoff. My uh, favorite though is the and, way that Gamora just doesn't react to it. Whenever Star Lord says something, she's like, "I don't know what that means." Right. <laughs> I, just, I, don't I don't know what that means. I don't know what cheers is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I was about to say about the cheers thing. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, it... <laughs> she's puts up with his nonsense so mm-hmm. much. He, he he is full of nonsense. Star yes, Lord. absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, Devon cameo, uh, favorite cameo. Uh, my favorite cameo would be Howard the Duck. Oh he yeah, pops in. He's on uh, what was the planet Xandar? Right, he's on Xandar. He's sitting there drinking where the Ravagers mm-hmm. are. I believe. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He I just, forgot he, he was popped, in it again. Yep, yep, he just popped in. I rem- I forgot he was in it the first time. I watched it the second time, and he's just chilling there with this drink. And I'm like, <laughs> Howard the Duck, there he is. Welcome. Um, as for favorite, like, main character, I kind of want to do, like, a duo because they were together pretty much throughout the whole movie, and that's Drax and Mantis. I love their brother-sister dynamic, basically. They're literally like a brother-sister relationship, and it's hilarious throughout the whole movie but like you can tell that like although he you know makes fun of her and stuff like that he cares so much about her like Mm -hmm. picked her up she's unconscious gotta bring her back and just you know he he cares about her i love that i love the pretend heaving i'm just imagining myself with you physically yeah yeah. it's it's so good their relationship is good i like the end where he's like you are beautiful and she's like oh thanks on the, <laughs> on the inside. He gives her a lot of crap throughout, oh, yeah. throughout the movie. Oh, yeah. And she's so naive and innocent. She oh, she yeah. just but and, that, um, and that's what he says too. He says that when he's talking to her, he's like, uh, you remind me of my daughter. And she, she's like, Oh, is she disgusting what, Yeah, she... <laughs> so, innocent. Like it's so it's so good. Their whole day oh, she, is great. She disgusting. <laughs> um, do you know what my favorite cameo? Probably like most people probably wouldn't even think about it, but maybe it's because of where I am in terms of life. No, I'm only joking. Um, so, being a huge Sons of Anarchy fan and also the Power Universe yes. as it's become now, you know who I'm going to say. Don't I know who you're right? going to say. So, Tommy Flanagan. Yes, when I, I saw love him, Tommy I, Flanagan. When I saw Tommy, I was like, that's the guy. I forgot his name. I had to look it up. I, I always like, think the... of him as the guy from Gladiator. Always. Uh, that was the first I... time I'd ever seen him. But I was like, that's the guy from Power. <laughs> I, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I like, threw him out in the airlock. I was like, no. Come on. He would never have put up with He never would have put up with this in Sons of Anarchy. He would have killed them all. Yeah. So, I didn't realize that Rob Zombie was in this too. Who was he? He's an unseen ravager. I was looking at the ID, oh. IMD, uh, IMDb page earlier. He's in there, and I'm like, Rob Zombie is in Guardians? What? what? See, I just feel like that's like the James Gunn effect, right? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, James okay. Gunn is like, yo, I'm directing a film, and people are like, so, uh, hey, uh, right. about this film. Yeah. Can so, I just like what? walk past a coffee shop, like just outside <laughs> the window? Can I just be an extra? Can I do that? Right. <laughs> I'll be honest, I was torn over a main character, like a main favorite character, like a main character. So I loved 
I, I honestly I love uh, you commented earlier Rocket and Yondu I honestly that bond and that relationship between mm-hmm. the two of them was 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 phenomenal I love the interaction and you can really see Rocket needed actually that uh to kind of bring him a little bit in line because there's some mentions earlier not mentions there's conversations earlier between Quill and him he's like you going out of your way to just make everyone hate you and and actually Yondu kind of kicks some sense into him which is well timed considering that Yondu eventually bites the dust and mm-hmm. Quill Quill needs that relationship with Rocket um I think Rocket's relationship is a kind of a older brother to Quill kind of like as, as the movie franchise goes on not not mm-hmm. necessarily so much here um and I think we said it in the first one, he's very much was the leader of the team. In this one, not so much. I think he was quite grouchy when the movie started and Yondu needed to give him that boost. So I agree with what you're saying there. Um, I liked all of that. Uh, and uh, yeah, like you said as well, with Drax and, and um, Mantis, I, I I thought that relationship was hilarious. <laughs> and I, I was thinking about my main character and probably most people wouldn't shut it out but yeah baby Groot to be honest stole the movie really yeah he had so many scene stealing moments <laughs> mm-hmm. and I know he's CGI but but they, they did they... have a life-size baby Groot on set that they used <laughs> to it wasn't always shot in scenes but like it was meant for reference for everyone while they no, were I, I I just like the opening sequence where yes. This huge battle is going on in the background but the actually the only person we're following is baby Groot as he's mm-hmm. sort of dancing through the chaos of this huge slug monster thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, and every time they see him, he just freezes. Like, doesn't move. <laughs> like, just stops. Like, and, and like, Drax will like, his eyes will move and like, baby Groot's not moving. But just at the end, where, uh, sorry, the two other scenes I love with, with baby Groot are where they need his help, to, where, where um, obviously Rocket and Yondu needs his help. Uh, to get out of the little prison thing they're in and have to give him the task to go and get her and he keeps messing it up and keeps coming back with the wrong thing. And then at the end where he's the one who has to save the day by putting the bomb in the middle of um, Ego's brain, essentially. Mm-hmm. And and he's like, oh, which button is it? And, and everything. And, and, and yeah, I just think Baby Groot's just such a cool character and uh, really does steal the show and saves the day. So without Baby Groot, yeah. without Baby Groot, they Ego would have won. There would volume three would have been all about Listen, ego. Man, without without Groot, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't have Stormbreaker. You wouldn't have the Guardians because they would have blown up on the ship. You it, you wouldn't have a lot. You wouldn't so, have the Guardians at all. Ronan yeah. would have got him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's an integral part of the team. Well, I am I am Groot. <laughs> oh, I, you know, so I, they I, added more foreign language films to oh, this wow. second one. So. Vin Diesel recorded I Am Groot in eight languages for the first film and 16 languages for the second film. And Palm, because she's French, she actually did her own dub for the French version of this film. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that's sick. And there's me, you can only speak English. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay, so... <clears throat> A lot happened in this movie, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And it'd just be, I don't know, there's just so much happened. It was a long film. It was over two hours, just where was it around two hours and 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Do you have any favorite moments, Devon, in the movie? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think my favorite scene um, is definitely the prison break scene. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're getting out of prison. Mm-hmm. But like, I think it's just so beautifully shot with the the music playing. Yandu getting out, he's using his arrow and just the way we're following the arrow going through when they're walking down the catwalk and all the bodies are falling and mm-hmm. everything. You got Groot throwing his tantrum and getting angry. Um, I think that scene, like for me, is probably one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. Um, just because it's it's shot so well. I also like the um, the Sovereign when they're going after them. Mm-hmm. How they're in their little pods and they're Technically, the ships aren't manned by mm-hmm. people. They're just manned that way, which is really cool because I could see that actually happening. You know, yeah. I mean, we have we have. We're, I mean, we're now. headed that way with drones, yeah, right? We have drones <clears throat> now, so like it's it's possible to get there. But that prison scene, the way they shoot that, and it reminded me of um, there's a scene in the Daredevil show. Um, 
I think it's the it's like a one shot take where Daredevil's like, I think it's in a in like a biker club. He's like fighting to get out. Oh, of the hallway scene. Yeah, the hallway oh. scene is just okay. it's. It's just one of the best. It's one of the best scenes. Yeah. But this one is like I love this in this movie. So that's probably my favorite scene in this whole movie. What about you, Jasmine? I think mine is probably the opening. I I really enjoyed the opening, and it just like sets the tone for the entire rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I really liked, it wasn't like one particular scene, but when <clears throat> when they're finally with Ego and he's explaining what happened throughout the years. And how it just kind of materializes in these pods that he has. The the CGI that they use to like make those things materialize. I thought that stuff, like all of those sequences were really cool. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the opening with Baby Groot and the and the dancing. And then when Drax breaks the boombox oh. or whatever. And I then he just like starts kicking Drax's ass. It's like, I single-handedly beat yeah. this thing. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta admire Drax's confidence, I think. Oh right? yeah. I mean he's like one of the most stupid characters in the whole franchise. Yes. But he's just so I don't know, he just does I there's so many people in real life like this, so they just don't oh, yeah. see it. Like, right. it's just like yeah. Like, he just he has blind. no filter. Like he's no. got no filter whatsoever. Oh yeah. Um, do you know what I? There, like I think we've said it. There's so many good moments in this. James Gunn does a really good job of. I got to actually give my hat off to James Gunn here. He's done a good job of creating a, a universe on its own, which doesn't need MCU knowledge up mm-hmm. until the end of this movie. However, whilst he didn't really, I, I think he was told what he had to set up, but he knew that when he came back for volume three, that he would just have to pick up the pieces of what the guardians were doing between two and three. But I love the fact that he had those, um, he sowed seeds for the third movie in this, you know, those gold um, aliens, you know, the batteries, I forgot their names. The Sovereign. Yeah, the Sovereign, yeah. How he sowed that up and also with the end credits with Adam Warlock. And Mm -hmm. so he, 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 I think that's brilliant when you, when you, build the foundations for sequels in the first one but you don't do it to the detriment of the movie you're doing it in where some people uh like tom cruise's the mummy film for instance where it was at the it was at the detriment of further movies to the Mm -hmm. the point where actually no further movies happened um so i think he did a really good job of telling a sorry what she just said he just i've never i've never seen that movie and i told him don't the mummy mummy. oh right okay okay (laughs) um anyway I I would say he did a good job of selling telling a story really about all of these characters, you know, mm-hmm. Ego, Star Lord, and everyone we've talked about. But obviously left that little bit there just at the back, you know, one percent of the movie, etc. Whilst they do do some things that kind of push the story forward, they're not the main players in this movie. And I think it was good. That, that was clever. I thought I liked that. Uh, but however, my favorite—I wouldn't say favorite scene because it's favorite scenes—was actually the relationship between Yondu and Star Lord. And there's several moments in there where you can you can see it's lining up where they're given those that mission to go and get the batteries by uh, the gold people. And uh, like, however, right at the very end, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, we're, we're you know I don't don't keep my word either, and we're going to just sell those batteries and get like 25 percent of what they said." Uh, and you know why he's doing it straight away, and that, and all these everyone turns on him because he's like, no, you always protect Quill. What about us? And then as it goes on, you can see really that's all he wants to do is protect Quill. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he's like, you know, ego may have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy, and you know, like, and that's what that's what Yondu was to the point where he sacrifices himself to save Quill. Uh, so like I say, it wasn't one particular favorite moment, but you could see the. The character journey of Yondu, and it made it all the sad, all much sadder when right. it came to an end. So, but I mean, we could talk about Yondu more in the third one because his legacy does live on. Which, I, which I, so, um, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, oh yeah, you've not seen the third one. Have I have you? not so, seen it. Uh, okay, well, we won't say any more. But um, <laughs> to be honest with you, um, there's nothing I really would have cut or changed. I think they did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's too much either. No, 
I don't think, I mean. I mean, some of the time they spent on Ego's planet, like maybe they could have just cut out some of the fluff. Like we didn't, mm-hmm. we might not have needed all that stuff, but uh, not yeah, too much, really. really. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you needed to see the Ravagers going after Rocket and then because mm-hmm. like I was thinking about that I'm like do I really need to see this but yeah you kind of do because you know that builds to what happens next obviously in the movie and, well and, and also to on. like the resolution at the end where they realized that Yondu really didn't turn on them and he was protecting right. Peter instead of because exactly. he found out what Ego was doing to all of those other kids that he brought over right. exactly yeah so he, re- he redeemed himself so yeah mm-hmm. yeah I wouldn't have cut anything it's just oh, so yeah, I think no, they did a good job. I think they, I know it's James Gunn's story and direction, but the overall team, acting, etc., did a really good job of putting this together. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't in the time to them cutting their money with CGI either. So there's no noticeable, you know, issues with CGI, considering this movie is heavily CGI. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This wasn't She Hulk by any means. No. <laughs> <laughs> um right jasmine i think you've you've bullet pointed some bits i think i'll let you shout them out so just you like, to talk about i think it's excessive credits. yes this this film had five uh, there were uh mid credits and post credit scenes so at the end of the film we first up we have craglin practicing with the arrow and then accidentally stabbing Drax with the arrow <laughs> and then running away, which that I was, thought that, was, that was pretty hilarious. That was so good. So and just the way that Batista was screaming as Drax oh. was so funny. I was just like, oh my God, Drax. Drax is such an idiot. Like, there's no other way to describe him. He's such an idiot. Um, so that was the one. And Devon doesn't know this yet. That's really going to come into play in the third film. So the fact that they set up Kraglin and the arrow, knowing what happens in the third film, I was like, ooh, I get it. I get it now. Um, So then we had Stallone's character talking to a bunch of other Ravagers and how Mm -hmm. they were now hell-bent on going out to, quote, steal some shit in Yondu's honor. Um, But I honestly cannot remember what they get up to. So no, I'm, I'm gonna to. have to like figure that uh, part out, but like I'm gonna have to rewatch the third one. Yeah, so, yeah. so oh. we'll we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what they end up stealing um, in Yondu's honor. Then we have Sovereign, uh, and it's uh, Elizabeth Debicki, which I love her. By the way, I love she's the tall queens. She's six two and a half, Damn. and anybody that's over six feet like me, I'm like, yeah, girl, get it. They had her wearing platforms. And the heels were so high on those platforms that when she was walking on set, at some point she was six seven, just kind of walking around on set. Um, and James Gunn said that he really kind of picked her on purpose because of her height, which made me think like, but did you really want to hire Gwendolyn Christie? Like, did you really want Brienne of Tarth in that role instead of Elizabeth Debicki? Because Brienne is even taller. Anyway, that's- she had to be. She had to be in Star Wars. Sick, dude. <laughs> oh damn, uh-huh. damn. Um, so we had Sovereign, and she was talking about how she created a whole new being, which she named it Adam. And at the time, everybody's like, "Oh my god, it's Adam Warlock!" Blah blah blah. Yeah, and then you watch the third film, and you're very much like, "This guy? This is the guy?" Like, okay, sure. Um, Listen, so we me, definitely get Will Poulter. We definitely get uh, a payoff from that credit scene. Ooh. Then we have randomly teenage brute in his messy room, <laughs> getting yelled at by Star Lord for being a messy teenager. Um, I don't really know that that has very much of a payoff, but it's just kind of like the silly thing. And then the very last uh, post credit scene we have is Stan Lee still talking to the Watchers. We get a piece of that in the actual film itself. And so this end credit is a continuation of that scene. But the thing that Stanley is talking about, he's talking about this guy that just pops up like in all of these other. So essentially Stanley is talking about himself and like, it's very meta about his other appearances in mm-hmm. the MCU films. Um, 
but the watchers obviously because he's been at this point you're thinking to yourself like you've been talking to these dudes for like two hours at this point like i'd be walking away from your ass too <laughs> like don't you think it's the watcher he knows yeah he knows everything <laughs> he doesn't so he need to be who, told right he knows who you are yeah so it was really funny because james gunn said that same day that they filmed that sequence stanley actually filmed four cameos in that one day wow. um one of them was for dr strange the second one the first one had already come out Multiverse um, yeah it said the it, it it was four and he was like and then the, the fourth one i can't tell you <laughs> okay huh. don't know why but okay um so yeah i i i, I didn't catch all of those i watched some of them so but... the only one that really made me want to see something else was the ravagers like Mm -hmm. I want to know, like, what are y'all stealing? What are we doing next? Right. What's the next caper? What's happening? I do Especially like, though, how their end credits on Captain America or something like that. They're they're related to them, right? Mm -hmm. Like not to other characters out in the yeah. Because a lot of the other MCU movies will like show a, a teaser for maybe somebody else's movie or yeah. something like that. So, um, but anyway, ratings time, Devon. What'd you give it out of five? Um, I'd probably give this one. I'd probably give it a four. I'd probably give it a four out of five. Yeah. I think just like just the whole family aspect, the whole um everyone everyone basically bonding over fatherhood, really, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird to think about. Um how fun it was, the music, um, just the storyline, um, the visuals, literally like is a gorgeous movie through mm. and through the colors, the way it pops, all that. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I think they did a they did a really good job. Everyone, production, uh, writing, casting, everyone knocked it out of the park on this one. What about you, Justin? I I'm going to go four as well, but only because I gave the first one a three and a half. And I think this one is better than that one. I still feel like a four might be a little high, but. But it's, it's better than the first one. So mm -hmm. I guess I'll go four. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go the four. I think I gave a four last week as well. Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah. So I did. I know. And I, I don't really want to go higher. So. But I, I agree with Devon, strong production, strong, mm -hmm. yeah. And even like, say, casting, uh, script, everything, direction, just, but the, do you know what, the, the interactions, the cast, honestly, just, you can imagine they were a strong unit when they were filming. To yeah. be honest, that kind of rings true when you think James Gunn got sacked and the cast was to buy him and put out a joint statement. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know. That, that 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 says a lot about what it must have been like to have worked there on set. Yeah. And so. working working for basically for him, you know, mm -hmm. working for him with him and all that. So like for the whole cast to be like, listen, you guys need to figure something out, figure your shit out. Like let's let's do this. And you know. It's, it's really I think tight. the only other director that could have done Guardians as well as Gunn would have been Taika if they hadn't oh. given Thor to Taika. Because I think that you need those kinds of directors to do these quirky kinds of characters. Like you can't put these characters in the hands of someone that's really traditional. Like, I mean, can you imagine the kind of film you'd get if someone highbrow like Christopher Nolan was directing? Like this would be It'd like be interesting. It would a be interesting. Super dark film. It wouldn't. There would be no fun at all. I mean, he could do like a Secret Invasion movie. He should have been directing the show. I mean espionage. That's up his alley. Yep. I think I think he could have. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he could have done the follow up to this after what happens happens. So, as we bring this to a close, this episode and volume two, a lot happens between volume two and when we see the Guardians next. So we're not going to be reviewing the Avengers movies right now. We will come back to them one day. We are aware that Guardians show up in Endgame and Infinity War, and there's some huge impacts. We'll talk about them next. Our next episode, um, 
actually is not volume three. It's the holiday special, which came out on Disney plus. I haven't seen that one. So the holiday special bridged the gap between volume two and three. Uh, Okay, cool. The holiday special came out last, uh, last Christmas. So came out in 2022. It's not as long as a normal movie. Uh, yeah, I won't say anymore. So I, I've already seen it, but yeah, we'll, I'll have to rewatch it. But yeah, anyway, that's our next episode. Anyway, you can follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And Devon, where can they catch you? You guys can catch me on Twitter uh, at Good Game Guys Pod. That's where I'm at on there. You guys can follow that. Um, and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends thank you very much have a good week everyone good journey